السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم اهد قلبي وسدد لساني واسلل سخيمه قلبي امين يا رب العالمين so with kitabul janaiz basically we have completed the section on salah in sahih bukhari there was first kitabul iman at the beginning There is Kitabul Iman after Wahi. And then you have issues related to Salah. So it begins from Tahara issues, Wudu, Hayd, you know, etc. Different types of Salah, the Eid prayers, the Eclipse prayer, and then finally, Janais. And now we move to the next pillar of Islam, which is Zakat. Whenever we study any, any concept, we try to understand, first of all, the meaning of that term, all right, the linguistic meaning and why that term has been chosen for that concept. And inshallah, right now I want to give you a quick, just an overall idea of how zakat works. Because once you have that idea, then understanding all of the ahadith that come later will be easier, inshallah. So when it comes to, first of all, linguistic meaning of the word zakat. Remember that the word zakat means two things. Right? The word zakat means two things. First of all, it means purification. Okay, At-tahara, was-safa. And secondly, it means growth. Aziyada, kathra. Why is zakat called zakat? Because zakat purifies the wealth and it also makes wealth grow. How does zakat purify wealth? If you think about it, any wealth that we have or that we you know, acquire over time, it's quite possible that there are parts of that wealth which we do not actually deserve. So for example, if you are working somewhere and you are required to be at your workplace at 9 a.m. sharp, that's the agreement. But what happens once or twice a week, you walk in at 9.02, 9.03. We're human, right? It happens, isn't it? Or for example, during your work hours, when you're actually being paid for the work that you're doing, you're not actually working, you're just staring into space because you're really tired. Right? And those five minutes, ten minutes, you're just staring into space. But technically, you're still being paid for it. Isn't it? So if you think about it, it's quite possible that you have something in your wealth that you don't actually deserve. Isn't it? And the scales near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are very just. وَالْوَزْنُ يَوْمَئِذِنِ الْحَقِّ Correct? So we don't want to be held accountable for that small 2% or 1% that we don't actually deserve and we don't even realize. So zakat purifies the wealth. This way, you're on the safe side. That in case there's something in your money that you don't actually deserve, it goes away from your money. It's taken out. You understand? So it purifies money. Secondly, it also causes wealth to grow. How? Because when you give charity from your wealth, then you are using your wealth in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you are obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding a certain matter, then Allah's blessing will be there. And Allah says in the Qur'an that وَيُرْبِ الصَّدَقَاتِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes sadaqat grow. He increases them. 
And the Prophet ﷺ also said that ما نقصت صدقة من مال That sadaqa does not decrease wealth. Right? So zakat also causes wealth to grow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Tawbah, that خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَهِّرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّهِمْ بِهَا That take from their wealth sadaqa, charity. Why? So that they are purified. تُطَهِّرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّهِمْ بِهَا There is tathheer and there is tazkiyah. What does tathheer mean? Purification. And when the word tazkiyah comes with tathheer, it means growth. It means tahliya. So these are the two benefits you can say of zakat, the concept of zakat, why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated zakat, and of course there are more benefits also. When it comes to the technical definition of zakat, it is defined as miqdar makhsus, which means a certain amount, fi malim makhsus, from a certain wealth, lita'ifatim makhsusa, for a certain group. So there's three things. First of all, it's a certain amount of charity. So for example, on your cash, whatever you have, you have 2.5%. Right? That is a certain amount of charity. That is to be taken out from what? Malim makhsus. From certain type of wealth. You don't give zakat on everything. So for example, there's no zakat on diamonds. Okay? There's no zakat on diamonds. There is a cat on gold. There is a cat on silver. There is no zakat on pets. There is no zakat in the house that you live in. There is no zakat in the car that you drive. But if your money has been sitting for an entire year, your gold has been sitting for an entire year, and it is of a certain quantity, of a certain amount, then there will be zakat on it. So it's on a certain type of wealth. And thirdly, it is for a certain group of people. You don't give zakat to just anybody. You cannot give zakat to your children, you cannot give zakat to your parents, but you have to give zakat to certain people. As we learn in Surah Al-Tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned eight categories over there. So this is zakat in sharia. So we see that the obligation of zakat is conditional based on the person and the wealth. Meaning the person who is giving zakat, who has to give zakat, will fulfill certain conditions. And the wealth on which zakat is being given will also fulfill certain conditions. When it comes to the person, first of all, which person has to give zakat? The person who is wealthy. The person who is Muslim. Right? A non-Muslim will not give zakat. You're not going to require from a non-Muslim that they give zakat. No, they have to be Muslim. And also, they have to be a free person. There is no zakat that a slave has to give. This means that the age and gender of the owner of wealth does not matter. So if, for example, if a five-year-old girl owns, let's say, five gold bangles and earrings and a necklace, and that reaches a certain amount of gold, then is zakat to be given from her jewelry, from her gold? Is it? Yes. If there is a four-year-old boy who has inherited a whole lot of wealth from his father... Let's say his father dies, and now the four-year-old becomes the owner of so much wealth. Can you say, oh no, he's a kid, he doesn't have to give zakat. No, he's required to give zakat. Now of course a four-year-old will not be able to calculate it himself. His guardian has to do it. But the point is that the age of the person does not matter. 
And this is something that we have to pay attention to because many times what happens is that little children are given huge gifts. Or for example, parents will save money for their children. They will save money for their children from a very young age. That okay, this is for their school. And so the child is barely 10 years old and he's already got $16,000 sitting in his bank account. Right? He doesn't have access to it because he's still 10, but that money is technically his. And if it's been sitting for a year, then zakat has to be given on it. You understand? So the age of the owner does not matter. The gender of the owner does not matter. A person cannot say, oh, I'm a woman. What can I do? No, you're a woman. You're sahibul mal. Allah has given you money. You have all this gold and cash. MashaAllah, you became so rich when you got married. So you have to give zakat on it. You know, it's amazing. Overnight, girls become like, you know, really rich. So they have to give zakat on it. So uh, the age does not matter. What matters is that they're wealthy and that they're Muslim. Also remember that also the sanity of a person does not matter. Because sometimes it may happen that a person is mentally disabled, but the family gives them a whole lot of wealth that is in their name. So for example, to ensure that they live easily and, and that they have a place to live, let's say the father you know, puts the house in the name of his disabled son. For example, mentally disabled. So his name is there and he owns the, there's a whole lot of cash. $100,000. He puts it in his son's name. So then, even though that person is not mentally stable, zakat must be given on that cash. You understand? So the gender, the age, the sanity of the person does not matter. What matters is that they have wealth. And on that wealth, zakat must be given. Now, on which wealth zakat is supposed to be given? Inshallah, we'll get to that. But remember that there are certain conditions okay, that wealth must fulfill. First of all, the first condition is that the wealth should be zakatable. Okay? It should be zakatable, meaning it should be a type of wealth on which zakat is supposed to be given. What are those types? Inshallah, we'll get there. Secondly, it should reach the nisab. What is the nisab? Nisab is basically a certain amount of wealth on which zakat is due. So for example, if a person has five camels, right? they own five camels, then zakat is due on those five camels. Because the number of camels reaches the nisab. If a person has three camels or four camels, zakat is not due. Why? Because the nisab for zakat on camels is five. When it comes to gold and silver, again, there is a certain amount. What is that nisab? Inshallah we'll get there. But there's a certain amount. If you have that much gold, you have to give zakat on it. But if it's less than the nisab, you don't have to give zakat on it. Thirdly, the person has complete ownership and possession of that wealth. It is in hand. It is in hand. He has ownership of it. So for example, if your mom says that all of this gold that I have, Inshallah, I will give it to you when you get married. Let's say. She shows it to you and she says, you're going to get it. Okay? You keep looking at it, wishing, when am I going to get it? Now, a whole year goes by and you don't get married. That gold is not with you. It's not in your possession. Are you required to give zakat on it? No, you're not supposed to. Who's supposed to? Your mom, because it's still with her. She owns it. Alright? It's not with you. Just like that, your father, for example, says, that this house will be yours. No, again, wrong, bad example. Not house. House, no zakat. For example, he says that I have 
let's say, $500,000 in cash, all right, and I'm going to give you uh, $200,000. But I will give it to you when you turn 40, or when you decide to get your house, or when I die, or something like that. For example, you know, people say that, that this will be in your inheritance. It's not still with you. It's not in your name. Are you supposed to give zakat on that 300000 No. Even if five years go by? No. Who has to give zakat on it? Your father has to. You don't have to. Because you're not in complete possession of it. Then, the next condition is that an entire hijri year has passed. And you've had that wealth for an entire Hijri year. What is Hijri year? Lunar year. According to the Islamic calendar. It's not from January to January. No. It is from, for example, Muharram to Muharram. Or Ramadan to Ramadan. Or Dhul Hijjah to Dhul Hijjah. So for example, let's say you got married in Dhul Hijjah. You got really rich. And then, next Dhul Hijjah, what do you have to do? If you still have all that gold, right? Inshallah, hopefully. Then you have to give zakat on it. So it is when the wealth has been sitting for an entire hijri year. Or in the case of other types of wealth. So for example, there is zakat due on produce, on harvest. So for example, a person has, for instance, farms, let's say they grow rice. So when the rice is harvested, at the time of harvest, zakat is due. You understand? When is zakat due? At the time of harvest. Even if that harvest is twice a year. Or it is after three years. For example. So when it comes to harvest, it's not by the hijri year. It is by harvest. Also remember that there is no zakat on public property. On public property, there is no zakat. So for example, if an organization, which is not owned by any individual... It's a charity, for example, and there's board members. You know, for example, they own a building, or for example, they own certain assets. Is zakat due on it? No, because it doesn't belong to any one individual. However, if there is a company in which there are shares, there are shares, or multiple people own that company, then each owner will have to give zakat based on his ownership. So for example, if a person owns 50% of a company, then they have to give zakat on that 50% that they own. But when it comes to public property, like a masjid, or like a community center, there's no zakat on it. It's basically zakat is due on who? Individuals, on people. Also remember, there's no zakat on haram wealth. Okay, On haram wealth, there is no zakat. Now, what is zakat exactly due on? What is zakatable wealth? Okay. Zakatable wealth is, first of all, livestock. Okay? Livestock. This doesn't mean if a person has chickens, then they have to give zakat on chickens. No, not all livestock. There's four animals. Which ones are they? Camels. Cattle. Cattle as in cows. Thirdly, goats and sheep. Goats and fourthly, sheep. Okay? So these four animals... A person has to give zakat on. And the condition is that they must feed in the open. I mean, they go for grazing and they come back. If a person has to go buy the food, all right, and bring the food to the barn, 
and then feed his sheep. Meaning his sheep don't go for grazing. He has to go buy the food, bring the food, give the food to the sheep, and the sheep never leave the barn. They don't go for grazing. Then he doesn't have to give zakat on it. You understand? Then there's no zakat on it. So zakat is on the animals that graze in the open. You may have seen, you know, people take their flocks early in the morning and the flocks return by the evening. One day they take them to one side, you know, of the mountains or whatever, and then another day to another side, so on and so forth. So on those animals, zakat is due. Okay, so livestock. Remember, there is no zakat on horses, mules, donkeys, okay, or pets. There's no zakat on pets. So if, for example, a person has, let's say, a sheep as a pet, possible, or a goat as a pet, I would love that, right? But if a person has these animals as pets, there is no zakat on it, okay? Secondly, the second type of wealth in which zakat is due is produce, okay? What produce is it? It's basically grains, as in that which is staple, staple grains. So like wheat or barley, rice, okay? Staple. Before I continue, when it comes to zakat on livestock, it is given, zakat is given in the form of livestock. Okay? Make sure you get that down. So for example, if a person is giving zakat on his sheep, he cannot give Let's say a thousand dollars. If that is the zakat, no, you cannot give zakat in the form of cash. Zakat has to be given in the form of livestock, the actual animal. And there are details. Uh, so, for example, for five camels, the zakat is one sheep. You cannot give cash. You cannot give a goat. I mean, you cannot give a horse. No, you have to give that particular animal. And depending on the number of animals then uh, the animal that has to be given in zakat is also of a certain type. So for example, it is said one year old or two years old, right? A female, a male, things like that. So it's a certain type of animal that is to be given as zakat for zakat and livestock. You understand? And the reason why I'm telling you this is because I, I want you to understand something very important about zakat. Secondly, when it comes to produce, Staple grains, alright? And when it comes to fruit, zakat is only due on dates and grapes. So if a person has, let's say, an apple farm, do they have to give zakat on apples? No. Strawberries? No. What's the difference? The difference is, if you think about it, apples, you don't harvest them in one day or two days. You pick them as they become ripe over a certain season. There is no day of harvest, isn't it? But when it comes to dates and grapes, there is a time of harvest, a day of harvest, or two days maximum, or three days, something like that of harvest. You will only pick them when they're ripe, and you will pick them right away. All right? Because if you pick them when they're not ripe, they're not good. And if you pick them too late, they're gone. You understand? So what happens with dates and grapes is that you pick all of them together at once. You understand? And also if you think about it, they're non-perishable. They're non-perishable. When it comes to, for example, apples, if you have them sitting for a week, all gone. 
right? I mean, now we have chemicals and stuff that we put on our fruit so that they can stay fresh for a certain amount of time. But in general, these foods are perishable. So there's no zakat on it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that وَآتُوا حَقَّهُ يَوْمَ حَصَادِهِ Okay, give its zakat on the day of its harvest. Okay, so on the day of harvest, the zakat is supposed to be given at the time of harvest. The third type of wealth is gold and silver. Okay, gold and silver. Now, remember when it comes to gold and silver, there was once a time when these two were used as currency. There were silver coins and then there were gold coins. All right. And even now, cash is supposed to be what? It's supposed to be representing a certain amount of gold or silver. That's how it's supposed to be. Right? Yes, it may not be like that. The reality may not be like that. But it's supposed to be representing gold and silver. That's what your paper money represents. Right? So this is why zakat is also due on cash. So if you have a lot of cash sitting with you for an entire year in your bank account, then you have to give zakat on it. Okay? What is that amount? Inshallah, when it comes to nisab, we will talk about nisab later. Right now, I'm just telling you about the types of wealth in which zakat is due. Fourthly, zakat is due on trade goods. Trade goods. What do I mean by that? Things that are intended for sale. Okay? It could be real estate. So for example, a person buys a house, some land. Why? With the intention of selling. Okay? With the intention of selling. Not with the intention of living there, making a home there. No. They decide that, okay, you know what? Let's invest here. In five years, this property will cost so much more money and then we can sell it. And when we will sell it, we'll make so much profit. All right? So this is property that is intended for sale, so it's trade goods. All right? So real estate, animals also. If a person buys animals so that he can sell them, whether it is exotic animals or birds or fish or even cattle, livestock, he has that business, then there will be zakat on it. Likewise, precious stones. If a person has a business of diamonds, then will there be zakat on that? Yes. Food. Whatever it is. Any inventory basically. But remember, when it comes to that inventory, it has to be sitting for a year. Okay? It has to be sitting for how long? For a year. Then zakat will be due on it. So basically, these are four types of wealth that we've listed here. Livestock, produce, gold and silver, and trade goods. Remember that there is no zakat on property that a person uses, on something that a person uses. Like for example, you own a house, but you live in that house. You own a car, but you use that car. So there is no zakat on that. You own furniture, but you use that furniture. Or property that a person uses for trade. What do I mean by that? Property that a person uses for trade. For example, a person has a shop. They own a store. Now, when they own the store, what that means is that they own the property. Let's say it costs a million dollars. 
that's its value. Secondly, if they own the store, that means there is a lot of equipment in the store. Like for example, shelving, storage, lighting, things like that. There is no zakat on these two. There is no zakat on these two. I know that you might have to give property tax, but you don't have to give zakat on this kind of property because you're using it for your business or for your work. But then there's another thing in the store which is your items for sale. Your items for sale. Let's say it's a hijab store. And then there are hijabs that are sitting for a year. There is inventory that has been sitting for a year. It has not moved from its place. Nobody bought it. It's been sitting. So then zakat is due on it. One thing remember though, that when you have a business, okay, you have a business, on the things that you use, your machinery, alright, there is no zakat. But the inventory that has been sitting for a year, there is zakat. And let's say you made through that business a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that's your profit. That's the money you have sitting. You understand? Since one year. Yes, you know, the money increased, decreased because you had to pay certain people, you had to, you know, cover some expenses, etc. But overall you see that since the beginning of the year until now, I have always had a minimum of one hundred thousand dollars. Sometimes I had two, sometimes I had one fifty, sometimes I had three, but the minimum was always a hundred. Is there a zakat on that hundred thousand? Yes. Because now it's coming in the category of what? Gold and silver. Cash. You get it? Any question so far? Is it clear? A little bit? If you have a car and you work with it, do you have to give zakat on it? No. Because you're using it as not trade goods. This is not trade goods. This is something that you're using for your work. So for example, the scholar said that if a person is selling oil, alright, he doesn't have to give zakat on the oil bottles, but he has to give zakat on the oil that has been sitting for a year. You understand? He doesn't have to give zakat on the cart that he's using to transport the oil from one place to the other. Alright? He has to give zakat on what? On the oil that has been sitting for a year and on all of the profit that he's made that has been sitting for a year. Okay? Somebody else raise their hand here? Go ahead. Okay. You have a piece of land and you're not using it. Why do you have that land? It's a way of saving money. Right? And usually people buy land like this so that they say that, okay, you know, it will increase in its value and we will sell it. So if that's the intention to sell it, then you have to give zakat on it. Okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu anfiku min tayyibati ma kasabtum. Spend out of the good things that you earn. And also spend out of what we have produced for you from the earth. So this ayah proves that there is zakat on your profits, the money that you earn. And secondly, on produce, what grows from the earth. Now, based on what we have discussed so far, what do you understand? What is the purpose of zakat? What's happening when you're giving zakat? Pardon? Okay, that's happening. What else is happening? Yes? There is circulation of wealth in the real sense. Because if you have money that's just sitting for a year, inventory that is just sitting for a year, that means that money is stuck in a place. 
And that's not healthy. It shouldn't be stuck. It needs to move around. And if all of it cannot move, at least some of it should move. And if you think about it, when it comes to produce, for example, dates, you have to give zakat in the form of dates. When it comes to grain, you have to give zakat in the form of grain. When it comes to livestock, you have to give zakat in the form of livestock. So then this means that wealth, like actual wealth, will be moved around. So, for example, in a town, if one person decides, you know what, I'm going to own all the camels. That's it. I'm going to own all the livestock. So he keeps buying livestock from everybody. And now he's the only person who owns all the livestock. Let's say. When he has to give zakat, can he give zakat in the form of cash? No. He has to give zakat in the form of animals, in the form of livestock. So this means that he cannot control all livestock. You understand what's happening? There is distribution of control over wealth also. There is distribution of wealth and also distribution of control over wealth. Right? Because you have to give it in the form of actual wealth. Just like that, when it comes to food, you cannot give zakat in the form of cash when it comes to dates. What's happening is that a poor person, for example, does not need gold and silver. What he needs is food. Right? So if you give zakat in the form of money, but then you hike up the prices for dates, for example, you give him zakat, but then you've tripled the prices for dates, what is he going to do with that money? It's no good. He needs food. So you see what's happening. There is purification, and there is growth, inshallah, but there is also distribution of wealth in the real sense. So this is just an overall summary of zakat. Now, inshallah, as we study the ahadith, we will go into nisab details also. Okay, because Imam Bukhari mentions them and I don't want to overload you with all this information when it comes to the nisab of each type of wealth inshallah we will look at that in the ahadith that will come okay inshallah but for now remember these things inshallah